Today in Movie Wallows, we talk about Luca, F9, The Fast Saga, and Black Widow. It's time for Movie Wallows. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallows is your weekly out to film reviews, movie news and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Greetings. Hello. Hi. This is Yazdi's birthday episode. Oh, yes, Yay. it is. <laughs> it's, uh, yes, it's two days before my birthday. I finally turned what 17. What would you like to talk about? <laughs> I would love to talk about the meaning of life, how we are all headed into infinite doom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's not that kind of podcast, Yasdi. Yeah, it's Yasdi's birthday. <laughs> As if any of us have the wisdom <laughs> to talk about such things. General nonsense banter, I think, is what we're all about um, on this podcast. So anyway, good, good to see you in person, Yasdi. Likewise. Thank you for the wonderful treats we yes. have. Yes. We have rich, 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 rich chocolate with cherries and hazelnuts. Mm-hmm. We have palmy ears mm-hmm. or elephant's ears. Yes. And we have some succulent, wonderful peaches. <laughs> I was watching what you were going to say. Interesting you looked at Joe when you said elephant ears. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> She's so nice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing but nice things to say about everyone, don't you, Rashmi? Always. So I guess we have a fairly full show. Um, Summer is here. You can just tell from the films. And, you know, we're we're kind of back in theatres now. So um, two of the movies that we're reviewing this week are were from in-person screenings. They're yep. available in theatres. You can go, depending on what the rules are in your state, to certain mm-hmm. theatres. Um, here in California, where we live, it's basically life as usual without restrictions, although... Um, I'm not going to get too political or too uh, sensational with the whole COVID thing. But um, yeah, I think individual establishments can set their own rules. So, you know, movie theatres are back in business. I think they're struggling for business. So if you do feel up to it and you're vaccinated and so on and so forth, um, please. I mean, I don't want to lose these institutions. I've said that many times (laughs) over the course of the pandemic. and I think each of the movies that we saw in theatres, at least for me, were, were greatly enhanced by virtue of being in the theatre. So it's my, it's my home. I missed it. Yeah. I'm really glad to get it back. Yeah, I think a good, good film is infinitely improved by seeing it on a big screen. And a bad film, I think, is also infinitely worsened. You know, because <laughs> you're like, why did I spend so much money and why am I watching this nonsense? Whereas I think you might be more forgiving on a television screen. Yeah. But no, yeah, absolutely. If if uh, if you're able to, you should go and support cinema. All right. Well, um, let's jump into the main event. So I guess uh, three movies to talk about. Luca, F9 and Black Widow. Should we take them in that order? All right. Take it away, Luca. Okay, so set in the beautiful seaside town of the Italian Riviera, Disney and Pixar's original feature film Luca is a coming-of-age story about one young boy experiencing an unforgettable summer filled with gelato, pasta, and endless scooter rides. I'm so envious. Um, 
Luca, voiced by Jacob Tremblay, um, shares these adventures with his newfound best friend, Alberto, voice of uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. Um, But all the fun is threatened by a deeply held secret. They are sea monsters from another world just below the water's surface. So this is um, directed by Enrico Casarosa and um, written by Jesse Andrews and Mike Jones, and it's a Disney original. Um, So did this one transport you to another world? Yazdi, what did you think of Luca? I fell in love with the movie in the first 10 minutes, and then I just progressively kept falling deeper and deeper into love with it. I... uh, um, I think there have been two years when <clears throat> Disney, uh, sorry, Pixar has released two movies in a 12-month period. I think uh, the first time they did it was, I think, in 2015 when they released uh, The Good Dinosaur and Inside Out. And Inside Out was so acclaimed and it was so unusual a movie. It was so deep in its, uh, in its uh, principles and what it was saying that kind of The Good Dinosaur got left behind. I might be one of five people who really loves The Good Dinosaur. And here again in 2021, we have a similar situation where Soul came out, you know, what, six, seven months ago. It, you know, it got the Oscar for the best film. Yes. Uh, and it's deservedly so, com- so. Deservedly so. It's so complex and it talks about all these metaphysical things. And on the heels of that, again, comes a very simple movie, um, which is simple in almost every way. But I've loved this movie so much, I've been thinking about it nonstop, and I keep thinking more and more about it, and it's not as simple as we think uh, it is. And like in that year, I am convinced now that as wonderful a movie as Soul was, this is actually a better film. I love, wow. I love everything about it. It's, they can, it, this movie cannot be improved, as far as I'm concerned. Wow. Yeah. High accolade from Yazdi. Joe? Wow, Yazdi. Um, so... It's interesting that it had such an amazing effect on you because um, I thought it was a very traditional kind Mm -hmm. of garden variety movie and I think maybe I was missing the point. That's not to say it wasn't immensely enjoyable, but when um, kind of held up against some of the the better entries in the Pixar Mm -hmm. library, I struggled to see um, what was... It's always well-crafted when it's Pixar. I mean, the visuals are wonderful, but this this felt very... um, like a very well-executed but garden variety children's movie. Um, it was full of, of joy and wonder and characters. There were lots of jokes and gags, but I don't think for me it held, it, it, it had anything deeper. That's not to say I didn't love the pants of it. I mean, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. Um, it features Vespers, which I recently acquired a real Vesper, a red one, in fact. And so that made me smile all the way through it because it, Really has a lot of Easter eggs in there for people who know about these, uh, about these bikes. Um, but yeah, lo- lovely, lovely movie. Just lacking something special for me. But I'm interested to hear what you, what was so special about it for you, Rashmi. Yeah, I'm like Yazdi. I think this is just such a beautiful movie. I was hooked from the um, first frame, the cinematography, the way that the story unfolds. Um, it's about fitting in, about being different, about following your dreams. And it's sat in the Italian Riviera. What more can we want? Um, it's simple in the way that it doesn't try to achieve too much. Joe, the, 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 the central premise, I think, is very central. What really got me was it was so joyful. Even in its really tender moments where there's sort of self-reflection and denial of who you are or denial of what you want to be, 
it, it remains very joyful. And I totally think that's the right thing for this to be at this point in time. I love this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved it precisely because of the things that, that Rashmi said, which is that it's about, it seems very simple. It's, it, it's almost like, you know, the Little Mermaid with flip genders, right? Yes, yes. And, yeah, correct. And, and it's also literally a fish out of water story. Um, so, you know, we've seen that. How many countless adaptations of, you know, of that uh, we have seen and there have been. But I think it's how it's done. It's, I, I really believe the Luca character. I felt like the Luca character. And the fact that while they are on land, they have to hide who they really are kind of becomes an allegory for anybody who has felt different or felt othered or felt like, they cannot reveal to the world that, I don't know, that they like uh, pencil shavings. I don't know, you know, anybody who is kind of, you know, uh, different from everybody else, I, I think it kind of is a very quiet kind of uh, uh, commentary on that. I also like the fact that in its last act, the movie does get, you know, it does gather some heft and it kind of starts to speak about things which I never thought that a Pixar movie this simple would get into, which is about how you eventually sometimes outgrow your friendships. And eventually you might have grown up with someone, but then you chart your own course and the other person chart, charts your own course, but there's this beautiful golden friendship which ties you. And how do you reconcile that friendship in the face of differing paths in life? So it, it, it was very philosophical for me and I, it, it really uh, got to me. And but commonalities, commonality. like the things that you have in common with someone draw you together and that can change so easily yeah. if you choose to identify as something different. Um, so I, again, I found this deeper meaning as well. I feel like a Philistine. I'm like, where, where, where did you get <laughs> all that? What film did you watch? Yeah, <laughs> well, I saw the same movie, but where did you get all that deep stuff from? No, I mean, sure. I think it wraps up beautifully mm -hmm. um and a lot of those elements i think do did feel kind of rushed to me at the end because it almost montages the the, mm -hmm. the, the kind of the, the end of the the story and i felt maybe that that didn't then have as much an impact on me emotionally as i think some of the best movies that pixar has done have which is they almost um you know, they almost languish on those they almost you know they they savor those very deeply powerful emotional things that you know just like soul was like for, for its, its entire third act i was like a blubbing mess you know um coco the whole mm -hmm. um again that that whereas this movie definitely kept the tone for me at least a lot lighter and yeah sure i think pixar always does that thing you know we talk about great kids movies that are really two movies two stories the adults get one the kids get one i was very much in tune with the kids version of this story here Bouncy colors, action, jokes, laughter, beautiful visuals, but nothing that really connected with me at my core, which is, yeah. So? I, and I also like that even the, so I, I'll fully grant you that, you know, for most of, most of its running time, it is more maybe a kid's film than it is an adult's film, but I've, that's never been an issue for me. I'm happy to become a kid. But I think while it's being a kid film, how well it is being a kid's film. I mean, all the gags work. It's just, like you said, visually so good to look at. It almost, this is very, very unusual animation for Pixar. It almost looks like 
it's three dimensional it almost looks like stop stop motion animation mm. there is almost like a puppet like feeling to it um very very granular textures right. on everything yeah and it's not it's not super realistic either it's not meant to be naturalistic their hairs their hair for example doesn't move like real people's hair does so it, it's it's kind of a artifact but it's i i like the visualness of it i there's a great gag where Luca's parents also come on land looking to find their son, but they've never seen their son not be a sea monster. And now he, on land, he's turned into a human being. So they do this thing to try to find out if any of those kids are their real son. And I would, it's, and hilarious. I, it's hilarious. I never laugh out loud. I'm the killjoy. I'm never laughing out loud in movies. And I was laughing my butt off, you know. So I think it's granted it's it's kind of very much straight and narrow. It's It's the middle of the road, but it's doing it so well while it while it's while it's on that middle road yeah and i think it does this really beautiful thing where it kind of talks about the sea monsters who have come on land and now they're human they that's the other yet the little girl the girl protagonist she's also another because she's female yeah so it does this beautiful thing where it looks at other in a very um holistic way um and i found that to be beautiful and yeah. it plays with expectations about family and what family means and um, just stunning. I mean, I can, I can sum this one up. This one is joyful and bright light, um, easily eight out of 10. Yeah, I, I loved everything about it. I loved that it, it, one of the things we didn't talk about is it also comments on the fact that, and I've seen this growing up, is you're very, very good friends with someone and then a third person comes along. Um, and the presence of a third person necessarily changes the friendship between the original mm. original two people. And it kind of handles that beautifully or with that Julia character coming in between Arberto and Luca and how that kind of changes things a little bit for all of them. Um, I just had a huge, big smile plastered on my face the whole time. I thought that this is too too simple a movie to really get to me, and but it did get to me at the end. Um, like I said at the outset, it's unimprovable. I just have... I think we cannot be in the business of reviewing movies and lose the capacity to kind of irrationally fall in love with the movie. And I just irrationally love Luca. I'm going to give it the rare 9 out of 10. Wow. I really love this movie so much. I love it so much. So That's much. great. And I love Silenzio Bruno. I love yes. that. Yes. Silenzio Bruno. Silenzio I love that. Bruno. That whole philosophy, that whole yes. concept is lovely. Yes. <laughs> yes. Joe. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to, temper it by giving it an extraordinarily stingy seven um because really honestly i liked it and enjoyed it way more than that score um suggests i think ultimately it's the fact that i hold it up to the standard of the very best of pixar that lets it down a little bit plus no short where's my pixar short yeah well, we didn't get a short <laughs> i know joe true. kept nudging me he's like where's the short where's, where's the, the short, short? I, was like, I don't know <laughs> i know i made rashmi sit through the credits i'm like oh maybe they tacked it on at the end but um, it no. wasn't a short this it is a, a delightful short. movie loved it love the vespers love the characters um yeah good good stuff um all right moving on then let's talk about f9 should be driving on <laughs> driving on F9, The Fast Saga, which is interesting. I didn't know that The Fast Saga was part of its title here, but there it is, F9, The Fast Saga. So, um, 
Yazdi, you're going to tell us about this? No, this is me. Okay, so this is the ninth entry in the Fast and Furious um, franchise, I guess. Um, movies one, two, three, and four kind of passed us by, and Rashmi and I, at least, I know um, that members of our family, nieces and nephews-in-law, are huge fans of this franchise. Um, I was always put off a little bit by you know, the the kind of, you know, car modded culture, even though I'm a car fanatic, the whole street racing thing never really did anything for me. But nonetheless, we stepped into the franchise with Fast Five, which was wonderful, action packed. We have then, um, I won't say suffered through, six, seven, eight, and now nine. This movie is directed by Justin Lin, who took on the franchise, I think around Fast Five, Fast Six. Um, and so he's he's brought a certain direction to the franchise. Each one seems to get bigger and bolder and badder and crazier. So the usual cast of characters applies here. We have Vin Diesel. We have, um, goodness, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, uh, Ludacris. Uh, and then, you know, Charlize Theron makes a, an appearance in this one, uh, carried over from Fast 8 or F8 or for the Fate and the Furious, whatever they call these things. Um, enough. Guys, what did you think of Fast 9? F9? The Fast Saga? Whatever it is. Look, if you're a diehard fan, there's going to be something for you to hang on to here. If you're not a diehard fan, don't even bother watching this movie. It's ridiculous. It's highly entertaining. It's summer. It's popcorn. But this really has such a ridiculous story to offer. I don't even know how to critique it. Go for ESD. Uh, this is some big ass mindless nonsense. It really is. It's 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 surreal. It almost either it's some kind of masterpiece of surrealism or it's just like people just got high and made this movie. I I understand. <laughs> I mean, I look. It's so ridiculously entertaining. I was just giggling the whole time while I was watching it. I was laughing at how how much they are willing to suspend, you know, norms of continuity or norms of physics or norms of, you know, most things which keep most movies grounded. Um, so, I, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed the whole movie, but two big critiques of the movie is, one is that it's far, far, far too long. Yeah. Oh, my God. Why do we have a Fast and Furious movie, which is almost three hours long? What is it, two hours and 45 minutes or 35 minutes or something like that? And the second is there was so much backstory. Oh my God, I don't care what they were like as kids. It's just, and it's, it keeps going to the same beats over and over again. And almost half the movie is about Vin Diesel and his brother when they were kids. And it starts with that, it kind of ends with that. And I know that the Fast and the uh, Furious franchise is kind of settled in on their unifying theme being family. But even by those standards, just too much backstory. It's I, grasping I just, at straws. I, yeah, I just want I just want cars. I don't want to hear about you know how somebody felt belittled when they were a child because whatever. <laughs> yeah, in some other movie, but maybe not in this one. So. Joe, <laughs> car fanatic. <laughs> I mean, I remember with Fast Five or Fast Six, one of them, I realized that they they completely they completely dispensed with the notion of physics having mm -hmm. anything to do with the stunts and i think um as i've gone back and kind of you know dipped into the old movies when they get played on tv it wasn't always that crazy but they've amped it up this is what happens when you keep amping it up and it's it's 
it's gone silly, right? Everything's distorted. The, the story is distorted. The characters are distorted. It's a complete meathead of a movie. I mean, I, I, like you guys, I think, you know, the fact that we're in the theater, you know, enjoying a big screen, loud popcorn movie with action stunts, visuals, all of the ingredients. Um, sure, I had a good time. But it's 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 absolutely bonkers, and and I think there's a kind of a nod and a wink to that mm-hmm. because as you get towards the end of the movie, and you know we start getting like space orbital in Honda Civics, like I mean they, it, it's beyond. <laughs> it's like there's jumping the shark, and there is F nine, and I think F nine is going to be the new jump the shark. It is. It's so mad. It's so bonkers, and. I think that's the thing. I think ultimately they've gone too far. You kind of have to calibrate how far you can push something before it gets annoying. And this was kind of annoying towards the end. I'm like, oh, come on. I was literally sat there thinking, come on. You're not even trying now. You're just, you're, like you said yesterday, you smoked the joint or whatever and you came up with this plot and said, let's shoot it. Okay, great idea. Yeah, more coke. You know, <laughs> that's literally what they did. Well, it's almost like they've stopped being human and they've now become the Avengers. Yeah. And so I think they've lost the plot in terms of what is this group of people? Are they vigilantes? Are they part of an elite police force? Are they, is this a good versus evil? Is it, it's, it's become so madcap. It's like a James Bond thrown in with exactly. an Avengers with a b- bit of born identity. There's always someone coming back from the dead or someone whose memory got lost, but they died and then they're back again. And then it's just ridiculous. You could probably take all eight previous scripts, cut them up into small pieces, throw them in a hat, pick them out and literally sellotape them together. And that would be the script. It's ridiculous. As long as you were on acid when you did that. (laughs) I mean, it's beyond the realm of anything comprehensible even at this point i think they have an identity crisis i think <clears throat> they don't really know i think and i think we saw you're exactly right we saw a little of that in the last movie and it's become even more evident here they don't know what they're going to be i mean is this a movie about heroes there's even a joke about the ludicrous character seemingly not never dying but they are they are endlessly mythologizing you know the vin diesel character like he's some kind of god and you know he's Everybody behaves like they're superheroes, like indestructible, like, you know, the laws of physics don't, somehow they are free from the laws of physics. So I, I, I think they've kind of lost their way a little bit, and it should be about the cars. And even when it's about the cars, I mean, they've done such amazing outlandish stunts before that they have nowhere else left to go. I mean, short of, I don't know, you know, F10 being... In intergalactic like, well they already did intergalactic this time but i don't know maybe maybe in like a lava of, of an exploding <laughs> exploding yeah. volcano or something they because. literally have nowhere to go and for those who love cars i think there is a lot to be there's a lot to be said about the love for speed the love for cars the, the sheer joy of riding the thrill of competition all of that was there in the early movies that's all been abandoned now in, yeah in, into being like what's the next how can we you know, push it up one more notch. Well, guess what? There are no more notches remaining and it's just silly now. And I, I don't want to sound like a killjoy. I, I, I just watched it in disbelief and, and being 100% entertained. And Justin Lin, who made this, uh, he directed, I think, the second, third and fourth movies as well. I mean, he, 
there is a lot of kinetics about it. The movie does keep on moving. Uh, but I think they really need to figure out if there is going to be an F10, and for sure there will, uh, what they want this franchise to be. I think well, they're, they're, they're guaranteed that. will be an F10, and I think that's the thing. They've, they've cottoned onto something that is hugely popular with audiences. They're even doing the Marvel thing of doing those little Easter egg teasers at the end in the credits, which are completely opaque to anyone like us, I guess, who isn't an avid fan of the franchise. Although Marvel, I guess we'll talk about that in the next movie, but you know, those, those little Easter eggs are also there for the fans. So, yeah, I think very much more than anything, this is a movie made for the fans of the franchise. I want to say that um, people who've kind of grown up with these characters might find themselves growing out of them at this point because I really think that this is a very different proposition to what the whole thing started out as. It's just, it's just bonkers. Yeah. The body count. I mean, this is the other thing. I think when you decide to make a movie that's set in in human land then you can't have such a high body count of cars doing random things on the road and constantly crashing it doesn't make sense right it's but not it's like okay a Michael, to have what a I'm Honda saying, Civic no, 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 strapped saying, to a rocket no, 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 flying off a jumbo no, jet none of that is okay what I'm saying is that no I'm saying none of that is okay so if you're watching a Michael Bay Transformers movie yeah. it's a different proposition to having a road race movie no I, I understand and, and so it just this was so ridiculous I couldn't even be bothered to like like watch it I, I was just so appalled by how ridiculous it was whoa appalled's um, a strong word like it's so ridiculous it's it's like it's it's just laughing at you for watching it i think <laughs> it, i didn't even find it enjoyable it just got ridiculous um so i can sum this one up this is a really this is a really good score i'm gonna give it a five out of ten i'm gonna give it a four out of ten whoa i'm gonna give it a four out of ten Three? No, four. Four. <laughs> four because some of the effects were so good. There was one scene right at the beginning where a car tries to go on a suspension bridge. That was pretty spectacular, but it's ridiculous. Well, there's, there's no way anybody can ever plan that, right? I mean, it's, it, it would have to, everything would have to click in, you know, to one millionth of the perfect chance for those things to happen in a sequence but the yeah. physics don't work yeah. yeah and so let's just put that one right to bed yeah and let's just I'll, I'll wrap this up too i mean very clearly this movie um is is just you know trying to amp everything up to 11 something stupid you know on the on the 10 point scale like whatever it is i would be lying if i said i didn't enjoy watching this like but this is the kind of thing that I could only enjoy in a loud mm -hmm. theater because it's a roller coaster ride of a movie. It's, it's a piece of nonsense. Um, I couldn't tell you today what I saw in terms of plot. I really don't know who. I don't really care. So, yeah, I, it's a five out of ten for me as well. And I should like this stuff, right? This, this is my kind of movie. This is the kind of thing that I, I, I want to see in theaters. And, yeah. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to poop on it as well. I, I mean, why would you have come to the poop party? Yes, I'm, I'm 
a ready participant in the poop part. I'm going to poop on top of your poops. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you have, you know, Charlize Theron, who is arguably one of the biggest female action stars, right, right now that we have, and she's demonstrated ably in the, you know, in several, several movies to date, and just have her sit in a box with an awful haircut. Exactly. I mean, it's like, what are you doing? And I bad mean, clothing. Yeah, but her hair, I mean, I was, like, I, I, I was like, I wanted to go in and just like ruffle her hair. It was, <laughs> it was so annoying. But you know, you have, you have got them Charlize Theron, you have got them Helen Mirren, you have, you know, uh, Kurt Russell. I mean, just don't make them come and say two lines and go away. I mean, I know that they have an infinite budget because this movie makes, these, this, this franchise makes tons, tons of money, but, you know, use them appropriately. Um, and the dialogue is just awful. There's like outdated references to Harry Potter and Chewbacca and Millennium Falcon. And it's, you know, I mean, the only plus side is I think John Cena was good. I, I, John Cena has kind of this The Rock-like uh, sensibility. You know, he's he's kind of effortlessly charming and he can do a lot of camp without, you know, seeming silly. So I, I kind of liked his part. But I, like you, I'm so over Vin Diesel and his character. I just, he seems to like think like he's like some kind of son, you know, like Thor or something. Like he's some kind of god and he, he talks this gruffly <laughs> and it's just... Uh, but I think that's his voice. I don't think he's... Know, he's Groot. I know, I know that's his, I know that's his <laughs> voice, but it's it's his self perception that he is. Well, I mean, he is the tentpole to this to this franchise, but still, uh, because I enjoyed it so much, I'm going to give it one more point six out of ten. And I and you know, fans of this movie will love it. And I say, don't watch it on a small screen. You would probably hate it more than you would. Yeah, like Joe said, just go and watch it on. Here's a, a big challenge. Yeah. I would love if someone's listening who is a fan of the franchise. I would love to hear your opinion of this. If you are a diehard fan, please write in and let us know what you thought of this movie. Why don't we just speak to your niece? <laughs> yeah, because she probably won't get to see it for a while. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I again, I, I guess the hope is that. I keep pushing this they can get to the so bad it's good but right now it's just bad yeah and a good 45 minutes needs to be trimmed off of it yes it's too long that's unforgivable Far actually for a movie I think that an is hour. As... I think you could do away with an hour yeah I mean they have location shooting all these placards keep coming up Edinburgh and some island I'd never heard of and all of this stuff so it's all done seemingly on location but <sighs> and to what end yeah the story makes zero sense. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. To that end, let's end this section of the show and move into our final movie of the week, which is Black Widow. So, Yasti, tell us about Black Widow. So, Black Widow has been a very endeared character amongst the Avengers. And uh, from the very, I, I believe uh, we first saw Black Widow in Iron Man 2. Uh, and Scarlett Johansson has been playing her now for, you know, a decade and a half, and uh, fans of Scarlett Johansson and, and of the Black Widow character have been begging, uh, you know, the Phage brothers who, who, have, uh, who, have, who, have, who have been in charge of these Marvel movies to make a standalone Black Widow movie. And for the longest time, it has been in production, production. I think Scarlett Johansson herself was reluctant to do one unless a good enough script came along. And finally, a script did come along. And we have finally a standalone Black Widow movie. Um, it is directed by Kate Shortland, um, who has, I, I went back and looked and she's had some interesting credits before. She's kind of been involved with 
making some pretty small movies and I'm amazed that uh, I'm actually happy and amazed that uh, they handed over the reins of this movie over to her. Uh, the writing credits are obviously to Stan Lee, Don Heck and Don Rico who originally uh, wrote the, uh, you know, the Black Widow character in the Marvel comics and then the screenplay for the movie is uh, Eric Pearson, Jack Schaefer and Ned Benson. Um, the cast of this movie, of course, includes Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow, or as we know her as Natasha Romanoff, her 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 uh, real name. Uh, her sister here, Yelena Belova, is played by Florence Pugh. Yes, that British actress who we all love and adore. And uh, it's actually a pretty tight uh, cast. There is like only five or six uh, characters. I was surprised. Uh, uh, Rachel Weisz plays Melina Vostokov, and David Harbour plays Alexei. Uh, Shostakov. Um, and then William Hurt is here, as is Ray Winstone as Drakov, the bad guy in this particular movie. So uh, essentially, Black Widow is an origin story for Black Widow from the Avengers movie. And it uh, starts with uh, what happened to her when she was a child and growing up in Ohio. And uh, we saw this movie not two days ago, so everything should be fresh in your minds. And what do your fresh minds tell you, Joe? Yeah. Um, so, I must admit, from the very first moment that we saw the Black Widow character appear in Avengers, I was thinking this would be a great character to have a movie around, right? She came in, she did a spy thing, and, you know, it's like, they need to do more of this. It's not just about superheroes. So I was one of those people who was, like, really looking forward to uh, a full feature-length version of this character. Um, I mean, here's what I'll say. I think... Um, I could see why the script was compelling, and I keep hearing. I don't. I'm not a huge Marvel um, kind of. I'm not encyclopedic when it comes to my Marvel knowledge, but I keep hearing that this is the first of what is kind of a new wave of Marvel. Mm -hmm. That they're, 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 they've done the big Avenger movies, and they're, they're going to a slightly different direction. So, um, as a result, I think this movie's trying to be a little bit more cerebral, a little bit more thoughtful, a bit more, um, you know, not just straight action comic hero stuff. Um, and it almost pulled it off for me, but I think it didn't quite pull off its major plot twists in a way that I found to be, um, I wasn't surprised. I was kind of annoyed because I felt like they came out of nowhere. So I think ultimately I found the movie quite frustrating. It, it's good. It's tonally different to some of the Marvel movies that took a little bit of adjusting, but, um, I'm going to say I'm slightly disappointed. I like that it is an unsuperhero superhero movie. Um, so unlike F9, this feels more grounded in mm. reality than a normal superhero movie. Um, I think it's filler, though. It's definitely summer filler. It's it's fun. It's entertaining. It's great to watch on the big screen. The fight sequences are fantastic. Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh are amazing to watch on screen. But it's okay. It's okay. Yes, the Empty I, calories. I, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot more than probably the both of you. And I, I liked it precisely because I was kind of bracing myself, you know, to watch 
cities being decimated and cars rolling endlessly and, you know, things exploding. And there's almost none of that. There is very little traditional, you know, superhero movie kind of, you know, he, you know, superheroes. Crush like, they're like elite yeah. fighters in a sense. Exactly. And I think, I think uh, the Black Widow character has been kind of an anomaly amongst the Avengers because she doesn't have any superpower. She's just a, you know, very well-trained assassin, like a, like a, you know, like a weapon of a, of a, of a human being. And I think, um, so I really liked what they have done with this movie. I think for one thing, I could be wrong, but this is the first Marvel movie which has been directed by a female. And I like, like you said, what they've done is it's more realistic. Even the fight scenes are more hand-to-hand combat. You can feel the grunts. You can feel the, you know, bone against bone. Uh, They're very up close. Um, It feels more organic. It feels more real, more more, uh, rooted, if you will. So I kind of like that. Um, My one complaint about the movie is that for a movie called Black Widow, we don't find out that much more about, you know, the Scarlett Johansson character, about uh, Natasha Romanoff. You found out a lot about her parents. You find out about her sister and how she fits into that, you know, that ecology of people. But I, I wanted some more pathology around, you know, how, how this particular thing transpires. And also, I think the movie assumes that you already know that what happens in this movie kind of played between Captain America and the last Avengers movie. Uh, you, if you say so. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm lost at this yeah, point. Yeah, I am but, too. I don't know where it is in the sequence. Um, yeah, so, so I, yeah, I don't want to go into spoilers, but something happens to this character in the last movie. And obviously, this happened before that. Um, I really like the Florence Pugh character and I think I, I, I loved her. She's, she's a great find. And you know, she, I would not necessarily pick her because she's not very tall and she doesn't seem very muscular. But what she is, she deploys it beautifully. And it's, you know, they, the two of them, Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh kind of bicker like, you know, like real siblings, you know, who are kind of, so that, that, that piece yeah. was very, very believable. Um, and the, yeah, the fight scenes were good. I, I kind of enjoyed it. And, and the other thing, I, I'll say one other thing before we go around again, but I really like the fight, the fact that in these superhero movies, the fights are endless. You know, you just don't let the villain die right away. You know, uh, they fight on, on top of a plane, <laughs> yeah. you know, under the water, they go, they jump all over the place and finally something happens. They die, then they wake up again. <laughs> yeah. In this one, people are dispensed off very quickly. You know, none of this lingering, you know, we, there's going to be a 15 minute fight before the bad guy dies. So I kind of like the efficiency of that. (laughs) Yeah. Just going back to Florence Pugh character, I think she's absolutely the best thing about this movie. Um, She, she plays the, 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 the character so well, because I think it's actually quite a difficult thing to do what she's being asked to do here. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, she's, she's not necessarily likable. Uh, but she does have a certain charm to her. Um, but, you know, the, certainly um, what Pew does with the physicality of that character is so different to anything I've seen her before. I mean, mm-hmm. she's barely recognizable. I mean, of course she looks like Florence Pugh, but it, it's it's very different Florence Pugh that we've seen before. So, yeah, no, too, I, too I'm terrific. really excited about what she's going to become. We mm-hmm. saw her do amazing work two Midsommar. years ago Midsummer, she did 
another one that we really loved and I can't remember now. Um, I think there's a lot to come from her. Yeah. But going back to this movie, I mean, I think the, the, my biggest frustration is um, it sets all of these things up and and then does the usual kind of comic book finale type thing. But I feel like the way that it ultimately played out, which was supposed to be, you know, there should have been moments of, like, oh, wow, that's awesome. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Well, now you're, you know, now you're kind of doing this thing that we were not giving any, there was no foreshadowing of how this particular, at least for me, uh, as uh, you know, there was no cleverness to how the thing um, resolved itself, right? How they ultimately got the bad guy. It just kind of happened and then it was revealed in a way that for me was just a little bit out of nowhere. And so yeah. what, what I'm trying to say is it didn't pull off its heisty nature, right? Yeah. Like a great heist is something where you can see the, the problem and then you can see the characters figure out a way through a problem and then you're ultimately kind of surprised at how well it gets pulled off. Here there was none of that. It was suddenly like, you know, um, reveal one. You know, it was a bit Scooby Doo, and then I'm like, okay, <laughs> right? These reveals... There was one part that was a bit like so Scooby Doo. Oh, me, what, and maybe I'm happened? just not intelligent enough to keep up, but they, it felt like those moments came out of nowhere that the movie didn't quite earn them, and as a result, I was like, oh, oh, whatever. You know, now I'm kind of disinterested because I'm, I'm, um, there, there was nothing there to give us the sense that this particular resolution could happen. But I, I know I'm just I'm I, rambling. I, 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 I think where it wins, I, I agree with you. I think overall it's a little dull, <gasps> if I'm honest. Yeah. Dull in the sense of the, the story's dull, but there's so much heart in the way that the family unit is conveyed and this idea of what is family and who is your family and are they important and do you need them and, and, and what yeah. you think. So I, I think that if there wasn't that piece, it would be rubbish. But that anchored it for me. The heart of it anchored it for me. I yeah, I found it. I I think I think the issue is one of scope. I think I think they have deliberately kept this movie very sorry. They've kept this movie very contained in scope. Yes. They, don't, they don't want the city of San Francisco blowing up and so forth. So I think they've so by virtue of that, I think everything seems a little underwhelming. But I it, it is clever. I mean, the whole thing about the bad guy has essentially programmed everyone mentally so that they cannot attack him and then they find out a way how to get out of it and then there is the serum which can reverse the effect of the mind control so i mean as a comic book it kind of kind of worked together and i loved how i loved the production design of of where the bad guy was and i don't want to spoil it but you know there's a reason why they couldn't find where where the bad guy lives and you know it makes no sense from a physics perspective but <laughs> but i kind of i kind of like the fun of it i i this movie kind of surprised me maybe because i went in with such low expectations yeah, yeah. i think the other thing that i was hoping for and god I, i'm gonna even regret saying this out loud but i wanted more of the cold war spy thriller aspect yes, to some yeah. of this right i wanted espionage i wanted drama and and the reason i'm kind of cringing but you remember the awful movie from a few years ago with jennifer um lawrence red oh, yeah, sparrow yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, that's a completely different movie, completely different tone. It's not a comic book movie. It's completely preposterous and not actually very good. But it does do that Cold War Soviet bloc type, um, you know, suspense and drama 
in a way that I feel is a missed opportunity here, right? Black Widow is a spy, right? That that's her that's her superpower. That's her uh, her skill, her training. That's her um that that's you know that's what she's about as a um as a as a Marvel protagonist. So I didn't get that, and yeah. that was disappointing. Yeah, yeah particularly feel- because because the flash flashback of when you know she and her sister were young kids is squarely around the time when the yeah. Cold War was at its peak, and it would have been great if it had kind yes. of played with that. Yeah. You know, the U.S. versus Russian political tension, the whole Reagan, Reagan era, all of that stuff. Yes. Like the Americans did yes. such a great job with that. Mm-hmm. But they kind of just use it almost just like a prologue for the rest of the movie. You know, Yeah, no, we missed like, many years that yeah. I think would have been really fascinating Absolutely. to see. Absolutely. Yeah. And that may have been a deliberate, you know, let's not do the obvious origin story. You know, let's work in some other angle, but a little disappointing to me. Also, you know, pet peeve, but, you know, shame on Hollywood for making Rachel Weisz play, you know, Scarlett Johansson's mom. I know they have a 14-year <laughs> age difference, but I don't think Rachel Weisz is ready to play, you know, a 20-some woman's mom. Maybe she is. But it I, worked. It worked, but I felt like well, cheap, she wasn't cheap shot. Old, maybe, yeah, you know? well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Look, it, she took the part. Yeah, That's it all worked. I'll say. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's wrap this one up. So, Yasdi, why don't you start us off? This movie was so much more fun than I expected, and maybe I just went in with low expectations, but uh, it was ahead of me. I liked how it it kind of kept telling me all along that, don't worry, it's not going to be a crazy, you know, things blowing up at random movie that, you know, we're going to keep this more grounded. I loved the grunts and, and the realness of all the fight scenes. I loved the okay, uh, the location shooting. I mean, there are parts of it which, frankly, could be pulled out of a, you know, uh, Jason Bourne movie. You know, there's a great, great chase sequence, which is done... Uh, uh, Budapest. I, I, you know, the movie kind of surely, but slowly, but surely won me over. And I had a lot of things in my notes saying, this doesn't make any sense. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. This doesn't make any sense. And that's not your notes. You got confused for F9. No, no, no. These are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I wrote many times, but eventually it all did make sense. It does all tie together. And uh, I kind of liked how Scooby-Doo silly the ending was. And I I loved how they kind of take on the bad guy. It was kind of fun. So for me, Don't Kill Me, I, a very generous 8 out of 10. I really liked it. It's a very unmarvelly Marvel movie and still fun. Joe? Yeah, no, look, I mean, it's also been well over a year since we got one of these. So, you know, if nothing else, I was pleased to be in its company. I'll just say my expectations were higher. I think this character lends itself to um, just so much more intrigue than perhaps the filmmakers wanted to do here and look they made a choice it's a creative choice it's not the one that i wanted that doesn't mean it it doesn't work for everyone but it, it's a personal disappointment to me so um my, my gut tells me six but i'm gonna be nice and give it a seven because it, it was it, it is it it's a great it's a great piece of theater in terms of entertainment just like fast nine is a great piece of action explosions. This is a good comic book movie. So, um, yeah, seven out of 10, uh, wish it, wish, wish it had been better. Yeah. And I'm going to say practically the same thing, Joe, but I'll say it this way. It's not marvelous, but it is good enough 
and it's fun to watch in the movies. If you venture to, if you venture a go to the cinema, this is worth watching. Well, so, seven out of ten as well. So before we wrap it up, I mean, I think we we would be uh, amiss to not mention the Marvel Easter eggs, right? So this movie does that Marvel thing, and I'm so hopelessly lost at this point. Does, did any of you get the post credit thing that shows up? I can't even remember what it was. What was it? I don't even remember it. I mean, it's it's like they keep showing these things. Oh, we sit okay. The I remember what yeah. it was. Yeah. I thought that was a reference to the movie before. Yeah. But why there? Why put it there? Well, because some characters from the Avengers survived. Okay. The okay. Events. Okay. It's a major spoiler, so right, yeah, we right, won't go right. there. But okay. Yeah. So I, I I think I think what they're doing is they're setting up the next the next person to become the Black Widow, and then who that person might. Uh, find help from within uh, the Avengers universe. I think that's right. where it, that's how I read it. But. I wasn't watching the same movie, but okay. <laughs> all right. Also, also, may I say there was a a movie called Black Widow which came out in the eighties, which is absolutely wonderful. It's got um, uh, Teresa Russell and Deborah Winger. It's about a woman who kills men. Oh, I love it already. After, after she marries them, she's a black widow. She marries them and she get, takes all their wealth, goes and marries someone else. And there's this female detective who's on her heels trying to show oh, that she's I think I remember, I remember this. It's yeah. so good. It's deliciously <laughs> pulpy. Uh, if, so if by chance you happen to pull the wrong black widow, although highly unlikely, uh, that's not yeah. a bad movie either. I mean, I have to say Scarlett Johansson's range is amazing. I kept watching and thinking, this is the same woman who was nominated for an Oscar for Marriage Story. Mm-hmm. I mean, she plays it. She's got an amazing face. Yeah. And she was in uh, the Horse movie as a child actor with Robert Redford. Uh, the Horse Whisperer. The Horse Whisperer. Thank you. The Horse movie called The Horse Whisperer. She was, <laughs> she was the 12-year-old girl Yeah, in that I mean, movie. she's... Yeah. Wow. She's come a long ways. And yeah. she remembered that movie. She was... I think she was nominated for that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt made, uh, where she played this... Um, Kind of. Oh yeah, the um, the New York the kind New of hussy, hus- the right. Brooklyn girl hussy. The Brooklyn girl. She yeah. was so good in that. So yeah, she has she has good range. Match point. Yeah, she was great in Match Point. So she's had quite a career. She's had quite. A career. All right. Let's wrap up the podcast today. Thank you for listening. I uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, if you. Um, are listening don't forget you can check us out on instagram on twitter on facebook There's pictures of our treats today that yasdi yes. took yes. perfect yes you do post them to our instagram um i think our instagram is becoming like a food blog at this yeah. point <laughs> so <laughs> nothing um, wrong with that no all right until our next podcast it's too many movies too little time a goodbye from me and me and me as well <laughs>